All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready, Jared. Let's do it. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 44. That's right. Episode 44 of the What Makes Us Human podcast. Right here is John Lindeman. About four feet away is J.R. Parks. J.R., how are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, It's been a busy weekend. I had to work Saturday, which I'm, I'm not used to doing, but... Uh, Overall, it's been pretty good. How about you? Yeah, good, busy, busy, but uh, very productive. So that's good. Today, we're talking about an awesome subject matter. Absolutely. And I want to start off with a question for you. It's an easy one. I'm going to try to figure out how to ask this question without giving the name of the item or a name for the item. So what do you call a sandwich with cold cuts on it on a long piece of bread? All right, first off, you know how there's certain words that people hate? Okay. I hate cold cuts. That's interesting. Okay. I can eat them, but I hate the word. Okay. It just it makes no sense. Deli me, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sub. Sub. Okay. That's that's basically... Subway. Yeah. That's basically what I would call it. And I think that actually... I was trying to think about this today. I think that may actually be because of Subway. Because as I think back... As what? A, well, I think back as I was a kid... My first real knowledge that I can remember uh-huh. of a sub or of that type of sandwich was at Subway because that was really one of the only places around to get that type of sandwich. You know what? I think you're right. So I think that's really had an impact on at least what I call it, probably what a lot of folks call it. So I remember my mom taking me there on a Saturday night and we were standing there. And, you know, I was used to leaving the house and having pizza at Pizza Hut. Okay. Or, uh, you know, a burger and fries and a milkshake or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I remember going to Subway and just standing there and looking like, what the heck do we do in here? <laughs> like all the food's right in front of us. Yeah. And I remember asking, did they have PB&J? You know, they have peanut butter and jelly. Uh, and I don't know what she did, but that's a good point. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, th- I think... The association of that term with that sandwich, at least for me, probably comes from Subway. Obviously, that's not the origination of the term. Do you know the origination of the term sub or submarine for that type of sandwich? No. Uh, Is this what they ate on submarines? No, supposedly it comes from, it, it was originally made, this is one of those things where there's a lot of names for this sandwich, and they all came about around the same time, and they all came about under similar circumstances. And incidentally, we're not talking about subs today. Kind of like but this is a lead. We're talking about a kind of a kind sandwich, of sandwich like that. Yeah. Yes. And submarine sandwiches supposedly originated at a naval base in Connecticut because the sandwiches reminded, you know, the person who named them of a submarine. In Connecticut. Kind of long and skinny. Yeah, there's a naval base in Connecticut. And supposedly that's where, you know, these things were made that became called subs. At the same time, or around the same time, in Philadelphia, they created a sandwich called a hoagie. Uh Another name for a long piece of bread with cold cuts and cheese. Oh, I hate that. Things on it. Stan cold cuts. Sorry, I will try to say deli meat. A lot of people hate the word moist. You know what I mean? Uh, I hate, God, I just hate cold cuts. It just grates on my soul. But we'll, we'll we'll look it over for right now. Hoagies 
Is one that a Yankee them. term? One of the one of the all of these kind of center around New England. For the yeah, most part. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one. There's one we'll get to that doesn't. But okay. A lot. It, they're all kind of Italian in origin, and, and they really came about around the the large immigration of Italians to New York and all the big cities up up in New England. You know, spread out to Philadelphia and Boston and, and different areas. Cookie just has a weird. Um... It just sounds funny. That's it's a weird hokey. Yeah, one of the guesses as to the etymology of the term is yeah. uh, there's Hog Island was in Philadelphia. It was a port area in Philadelphia. Okay, and uh, the workers were called hoggies. Ah, here we go. Okay, so that the thought is. The sandwich was probably originally called a hoggy, and with the Philadelphia accent, he asked me a hoggy. It became hoggy. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of a Boston, Boston, I guess. But yeah. So I had some friends. Uh, hadn't seen them in forever now, but uh, Doug and Holly, and they're from New Hampshire. And they, okay. Yeah, they had the, the little bit of the A. I remember he met Carrie's mama, and he's like, "Hey, my mom, <laughs> you know, my mom." Another name for this type of sandwich from a, kind of various other parts of New England is a grinder. A grinder? Yeah. You've never heard a sandwich like that called a grinder? I think maybe. Again, grinders were a slang term for dock workers, and this was the food of dock workers. So Okay. Now it's somebody who dances, I think. Uh, New York City, it was called a hero. Hero sandwich. G-Y-R-O? No, not a gyro. Oh, uh, or, or what some people sometimes call a gyro. Not okay. not that. Because that's Greek, right? That's Greek. Okay. And Greek food really didn't become well-known in the U.S. Until, until the 70s. And really start centered around Chicago first. The 70s? Yeah. Like the Greek diners really. Greek food's only as old as disco in the U.S.? Wow. And <laughs> the popularity of it in the U.S., yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Betta. Uh, hero and the idea is so it's just H E R O. Supposedly, one of the or- possible origins is a newspaper at the time said you have to be a hero to eat the thing because it's you know it's a large sandwich. Okay. Now, do you want to tell our listeners you used a word that I'm familiar with? Okay. But not everybody may be. So, tell our listeners what etymology is. Not entomology, but etymology is. Etymology deals with the origin of words. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. Entomology is the study of insects. Yeah. Yeah, but. I have one more term for you. This one does not come from New England. And I found this one. I put this one here just because I found, thought it was the funniest. Okay. Have I ever heard of this, you think? Probably not. You've probably heard of it, but I don't know if you've heard of it in terms of a sandwich because yeah. I actually had not. Okay. A Dagwood. Oh, yeah. Dagwood sandwich. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I got to be honest. I'm not 100% sure... What the Dagwood? I know Dagwood growing up was a comic. Yes. Yeah. So this is a popular term for what we might call a sub in the upper Midwest. And it is 100% named after the comic character who makes large sandwiches. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where the name comes from. From the comic? Yeah. People Blue, started calling right. them Dagwoods because Dagwood makes these sandwiches. Sure. Oh, really? I am. Blue my I am. Mind. Yeah, wow. I am positive. So one day there may be a Charlie Brown food. What did Charlie Brown eat a lot of, though? Yeah, maybe this move on. Okay, that did work out. A Snoopy food. <laughs> That's wild. So today we are talking about a, a a form of a large, long sandwich called a cheesesteak. Or outside of Philadelphia called a Philly cheesesteak. 
Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. I'll have a Philly cheesesteak. I think if you steak, call on a Philly cheesesteak in Philly, they might just kind of look at you funny. Because you're in Philly. Yeah. Right. It's just a cheesesteak. So, like, when you're in Greece, you don't order Greek food. Yeah. You just say, I'd like some food. If you're in China and you want Chinese food, you just ask where a restaurant is. You don't ask where the Chinese restaurant is. And, man, let me tell you. God be with you. I should have picked a different <laughs> Yeah, you should have. Example. Man. You seen that video of that fish that starts breathing on the plate? Have you seen that? I have not. Oh, man. He's not dead. I mean, he's sucking air hard. Yeah. He's seeing spots. Nice and fresh. Nice and fresh, Jack. I think I was in China. So the cheesesteak originated in an Italian neighborhood in Philly in 1933. Way back. Two brothers, Pat and Henry Oliveri, had a hot dog cart near a large outdoor Italian market. A hot dog sandwich? We're not. I'm getting into that. One day, as they're serving hot dogs, Pat got tired of hot dogs. Asked his brother to go to the store and pick up some steak. Steak? Yep. What kind of steak? Traditionally, this sandwich will be made with ribeye, but in the origin, it's not specified. Mm. So, he got tired of hot dogs, asked his brother to to pick up a steak. He is, he slices it very thin Mm. and grills it with Mm. some onions Mm. and puts it on a hot dog bun. He's sitting there eating his sandwich, his his steak sandwich at this point because there's no cheese on it. Steak and onions. Yep. Mm. When a cab driver stopped by for, you know, presumably his daily hot dog. Sees what uh, sees what Pat is eating and says, that smells pretty good. Can I have one of those? Pat did not have enough to make another one, but he gave him half of his sandwich. At which point the cab driver said, hey, these are really good. You should stop making hot dogs and just make these instead. Mm. We don't know the name of that cab driver, but he goes down in history. Genius. His name was Genius Cab Driver. You ever wish you had somebody who could maybe tell you if your idea is a good idea or a bad idea, if you're kind of wondering. That's called a friend. There might be a cab driver that walks up and be like, hey, that's a good idea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, all right. Well, sometimes people close to you. No, they should. No, I, I agree. They, they should. should. I agree they should. But if sometimes people close to you, depending on the nature of the question, yeah. may not w- wish to answer that. Well, I would a whole not. stranger walking up and being like, hey, that's a great idea. You should sell that, or you should do that, or whatever. All right, so this weekend... Was it Friday? We went to my buddy Brad's house and uh, saw a bunch of friends there. And uh, I used to work with old Brad. And we always eat like wolves when we go. It's awesome. His wife, Lauren, cooks like like she's part God. You know what I mean? It's so good. <laughs> and uh, so I did some celebrating. Was that this weekend or last weekend? That was last weekend. Anyway... Brad has this theory, and I, I really agree with him on this, that when Garth Brooks decided to do the Chris Gaines thing... He didn't have a real friend. Didn't have a real friend. Yeah. yeah so your re- close friends need to be like, dude, bro, this is the best sandwich I ever ate in my life. You know, Philly cheese steak. Hey, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. Right. Or, hey, dude, quit wearing black and white tights and combing your hair funny and just go back to being country. Yeah. <laughs> so they start selling these sandwiches. And in 1940, they open up Pat's King of Steaks mm. in a small restaurant. 
I'm talking really small. Like it's at a five-way intersection, and it's shaped like a piece of pie. Because the restaurant the, because of the intersection. Oh, okay, really small. Okay, you ever you ever been in a restaurant like a tiny restaurant where it's really not much more than like a counter and maybe some kitchen yeah. space? Yeah, there was a place in Boone called Wolfie's. Wolfie's that was like that. It was a it was a sandwich place in downtown. The the countertop was or the shop front was literally I could do this spread out my arms and be fingertip to fingertip and touch walls. Oh, what an option! Tiny, tiny little place, but everybody loved the sandwiches there. Wolfies. There's a place downtown Statesville that's real small like that, but I'm not sure if there's anything in it now. So that's trying, just a closet. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. I think maybe it was like somebody giving music lessons there for a while, but I don't think it's anything now. Maybe. It's 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 still there. It's just a long hallway and the music space is in the back. Oh, okay. So from the front, it looks like it's just a little place. So they're at the intersection of 9th Street and Passayunk Street. Passayunk. In Philly. Yep. This is the same area that they'd had their hot dog car. So Italian part of town. And it became very popular. So popular that they were open 24 hours a day. In the 30s? Starting in 1940. Wow. 24 hours a day in 1940. The two brothers worked 16-hour shifts to keep the place open. Good for them. 24 hours a day. work, baby. So this sandwich was made with a special kind of roll. That was made at a local bakery in Philadelphia. Okay. Still didn't have cheese on it. Oh. Steak sandwich with or without onions. Gotcha. Okay. No no bell peppers? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, a manager at their sandwich shop named Cocky Joe. Oh, yeah. I just like to go down in history known as Cocky Joe. There's, you know there's Joe Cocker. Yes. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Ugh. The Wonder Years, baby. Cocky Joe is the first person to put cheese on the sandwich. Way to go, Cocky Joe. Manager at the shop. He put provolone on it. Yes. Hey, hey, we I think we're at a band name, Cocky Joe's Cheese. Provolone. If you think about it, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, we think of cheesesteaks now as common, but you don't put cheese on a steak. But man, what an idea. So it, I, I understand maybe why it took him a little while to to, yeah. to that point, right? Was, and he was a cook there with them. He was a he was a manager at the at the shop. Okay. Starting in the 1950s, Kraft began to try Kraft Foods began to try to develop some uh, shelf stable cheeses. To <laughs> began to try to <laughs> and war efforts and sending food yeah. relief. I mean, there's a lot of call for it, and they came up with cheese whiz. Ah. So cheese whiz, you know, it's the stuff in a can that comes out, and it looks like cheese and kind of tastes like cheese. Well, now wait a minute. There's very little cheese. Do you mean? um, Are you talking about the stuff you squirt right in your mouth, or cheese whiz in a jar? I was thinking of cheese whiz in the spray can. Does it come in a spray can? Maybe I'm thinking something else. I thought it did. That you turn upside down like the Cool Whip and. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Cheese Whiz comes in a jar, right? Oh, you are correct. Cheese Whiz comes in a jar. Easy Cheese is what comes in the spray can. Easy Cheese is what my youth pastor, when I was a kid, Dave Sowers, would like try to fill his mouth with an entire can of it. Although I guess actually Cheese Whiz also comes in a spray can. So Cheese Whiz comes in both forms. Awesome. After that... It's been a part of many risque honeymoons. 
After that, Cheese Whiz became a, a popular choice, as did white American cheese. All right. In fact, so most of these places you can today, you can still order them. It's still acceptable to order them with provolone or Cheese Whiz or white American cheese. Any one of those is considered acceptable. Cheese Whiz on a steak sandwich. Yep. That's weird. Yep. But man, I bet that is so flipping good. Today, the city of Philadelphia consumes 25% of Kraft's Cheese Whiz. Dang. And 50% of their white American cheese. 50%? 50% of their white American cheese. Of their white American cheese? Yep. Wow. I don't know if I've ever had white American cheese. I have, and I actually started to like it when we went to Philly when I was a kid. Oh. I had never had it prior to that. If I order a Philly cheesesteak at Sorrento's here in town. It's usually provolone, I think. Oh, oh duh. Okay, shout out to Tony. Okay. But up there, it's acceptable to order it with any of those three. Wow. And now, over the years, it has morphed a little bit because it can be had with, or wit, as they would say. Wit. Wit. Onions. Peppers. Like bell peppers. And... One of those three types of cheese, or some combination of those ingredients. How do you order yours, Jared? Provolone would probably be the preferred. I'm not much of a cheese in a can kind of person. Not the person. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can make some great stuff with it. My my grandmother makes broccoli and rice casserole. Finally, I asked her for the uh, recipe because I wanted to make it for something, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you need to get a jar of cheese whiz." I'm like, wait, what? I've never bought cheese whiz. But you've eaten a lot of it. Apparently. So I would get mine with the white, or with the provolone, the provolone, double onion, no peppers. Okay. Yeah. So the way the way you make the sandwich, you know, they, they, they cook the, the steak and the onions and the peppers, but they don't want the onions and peppers to be soft. So they're, they're browned a little bit, but they're not like, oh. they're not sauteed to the point that they're soft. Yeah, so still crunchy. a little bit of crunch. Oh, bit of bite. man, gosh. And then they'll put the mm. cheese on it so the heat for coming up from the grill yes. can start to melt it. And yeah. then they'll put the bread on top and take a big spatula and kind of flip the whole yeah, thing. You see the spatula? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the sandwich. Oh. Hey, so what is Steakum? Steakum is a freezer product that you can use to make a kind of cheesesteak sandwich. It's a th- it's thinly sliced. It's steak. like an imitation? I mean, I think it's real steak or real beef, but. Uh, you know, it's already pre-sliced. Oh, okay. In 1968, no, excuse me, 1966, Joey Vento. Joey Vento. Hey, Joey. Opened a cheesesteak shop across the street from Pat's. Uh-oh. He called it Geno's. G-E-N-O. Oh, okay. It's like you're, it's like you're describing Italian lore. You know what I mean? So he went right to the same neighborhood, opened yeah. up a place across the street. Geno's. Frank Oliveri, which was Pat's nephew, was running Pat's by by this time. Right. But what really, at this point, cheesesteak is still a, it's a Philadelphia thing. And even smaller than that, it's a, it's in this neighborhood thing. It's not a big, it's not the, the widely known sandwich that you and I think of. So if you stop at a diner in 1966 in Kansas, they're not going to know what a Philly cheesesteak is. Probably not. Okay. Unless they've been to Philadelphia. Okay. Unless they've been to a particular neighborhood in Philadelphia. Wow. So this is really narrowed down here. Yep. So a couple things, really, three things really, put the cheesesteak on the minds of Americans. On the minds of Americans? Yes. 
Got him thinking about it. 1976 is the U.S. Bicentennial. Yeah, hey, and my birthday. Okay. Bicentennial baby right here, Jack. This puts a lot of focus on the city of Philadelphia. Everything in Philadelphia is popular. Okay. Also, 1976, Rocky is released. Oh, my gosh. I'm the same age as Rocky, the movie. You are. Wow. I'm tired of breaking thumbs. I'm ready to do something with my life. So at this point, a, uh, as they were filming this movie, a pretty much unknown actor at the time decides uh, he, they want to film a scene in Geno's in the movie. Oh, what? Okay. Not, excuse me, not in Geno's, in Pat's. Oh, okay. Well, in Pat's. What? So there's a film, there's a scene in the movie where they're sitting in Pat's having Philly cheesesteaks. Really? I did not know that. They had to pay Pat's the amount of money that they would have made in one day ah. to film this scene there. Okay. You know, basically, hey, we want to buy out your shop for a day. And yeah. Okay, well, here's how much it's going to cost. Okay. So those two things really make cheesesteaks, like, really spreads the idea of Philly cheesesteaks beyond a little neighborhood in Philadelphia. I bet. Do you know who they were? Is it Sly and, and the girl he's interested in, or is it Sly and Mickey, or... I think it's Stallone and Mickey, I think. Oh, really? All this that, epic. That are sitting in Pats. I, it's been a long time since I've watched the first Rocky movie. That is so awesome, man. If you can catch a chicken, you can catch anything. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of imitations tonight. You are. And some of them were pretty, that one was pretty good. The next thing that really kicks off the popularity of the cheesesteak is Gino's tries to cash in on this newfound attention. I bet. With giant neon signs. Uh-huh. So they kind of turn it into like a Times Square type, these huge signs. Yeah. With phrases like, they may have invented the cheesesteak, but we perfected it. They did that neon? They had a large sign that said that. Holy they had, crap. They had Holy. neon signs, whether that was one wow. neon sign, I don't know. But Joey is a real showman, and he's really going all out to try to Dang. come here instead of going to Pat's. Man. So this rivalry builds and... There starts to be magazine articles written about it and TV specials written about it and, uh, you know, TV specials filmed about it and, you know, all kinds of things that, that again, also just kind of propel the cheesesteak onto the U.S. stage. National stage. And that rivalry, much later, it was found out to be pretty much that was all fake. It was all made up for the sake of publicity. For both of them. Yep. They knew they could both benefit. They, the Oliveries and Joey Vento's family, some of their family members lived in the same building. They would drink together. They were oh, friends. Nice. But they had this very public rivalry. Okay. Friendly rivalry. Didn't look so friendly to the public, but yes. Okay. Did you know that cheesesteaks have even impacted politics? Oh, gosh. I hate politics. I do. But I love cheesesteaks. I do as well. What happened? In 2004, during the presidential election, you think about how presidential candidates will go to cities and towns and they want to go to like uh, yeah. the local place because they know they're going to get their picture up on the wall. And you So know. we have that at the Greensboro Coliseum across the street is Stamey's. The barbecue place. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they, yeah, they've all gone there. All the presidential candidates go to Stamey's. Yeah. America's worst show up for a barbecue sandwich. So one of the one of the stops was Philadelphia, and it was for cheesesteaks. George W. Bush and John Kerry 
Bush presumably had been kind of filled in a little bit by his handlers ahead of time about here's the right way to order this sandwich and you know not yeah like you have no idea what you're talking about oh it's kind of like the soup nazi on seinfeld you got to go in and say this is what i want and then you step to the right or yep. the left yeah yep yeah okay so he he passed no Kerry's no. handlers didn't prep him for it <laughs> john too busy prepping him on climate change john Kerry ordered it with swiss cheese yeah. which they didn't even have Lettuce and tomato. Oh, epic fail. And requested it be put on a plate. Oh. So he just got this thing totally wrong and was seen as this, you know, he's this elitist who doesn't know, doesn't know, uh, isn't our kind of person. So the handlers did not handle him right. Yeah, he was not seen as a man of the people. Oh. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, I mean, see, that's why America's in the straits we're in is because we base our leadership off of how you order a sandwich, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Locked her. Yep. Wow. So the guy looked at him and said, uh, No sandwich for you. What you? Like on Seinfeld. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, wait, where did they go? Which one did they go to? I didn't actually find that. So I don't know if they both went to the same place or if one went to one and one went to the other. Okay. Um, it's popular when visiting Philly to go to both, to, to try both. But eating two Philly cheesesteaks back to back is a lot. Because they're big. Yeah. Hence the submarine thing. So I, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. But, yeah. Now, what year was that? 04? Is that what you said? 2004. 2004. I forgot about John Kerry. You know, he's he's married to Teresa Hines. Yep. The ketchup yep. princess or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we went we went to Philly when I was... Now, Jared's a good was, bit younger here, so... I think I was about eight or nine. So this would have been late 90s. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And... uh one of dad's college roommates, his his wife and family live in Philly. And, and uh, so they took us to, you know, this is the local place to go. And to be honest, I need to ask because I don't know if we went to Gino's or yeah, Pat's. Yeah. Um, both of them have kind of franchised a little bit, so it's possible we went to. I remember it was a real small place. Oh, it's one of those things where you don't know if you're at the original or not. Correct. Because they're all the original. Correct. Yeah. Oh, man. But I, I, uh, I do remember it was a very small place. Like, okay. there wasn't much to it. Right. Do you remember on? Did you watch The Office? I did. You remember when Michael Scott went to New York to meet with all the big wigs, and he, he uh, said, "I'm gonna get me a New York slice." And he and went he, to Sbarro. <laughs> yep. There's no reason that made me think of that. It shows him walking into Sbarro. I'm gonna get me a New York slice. Yep. So that is the Philly cheesesteak. That was a lot of fun. So when did the peppers show up? I don't have an exact date. It was, okay. it was a later edition, but I'm not I'm not big on the green pepper on any peppers, really. I always eat around them. I know our, our producer Hannah uh, loves Philly cheesesteaks and is looking forward to having one, I'm sure, when we go to Philadelphia in June. You have to hit up both places. Maybe, two maybe, different maybe we can do that. Yeah. And so you're gonna see the crack bell, right? We are. Yeah. And the just disappointed seen the Liberty Bell when I was a kid. Are you? The the placement was kinda of, it was kinda of like on a sidewalk somewhere with like glass all around it, you know, protecting yeah. it or whatever. But it was just I don't know, it wasn't what I pictured, I guess. Dude, there's a picture of me floating around that I hope never gets out. So I don't know why I'm bringing it up. But if I find this picture from his wife, we will post it. Yes. If no we won't. It. I'm like eleven or ten or nine or something. Oh, so we probably have to get your parents to provide. I've got very straight hair that goes all the way down to my eyebrows. And then it's long, but, you know, not, it's just straight. 
as an arrow. Okay. And I'm wearing gray socks that come all the way up to my knees with the three blue stripes at the top and white sneakers, red shorts. I remember this, obviously, and a yellow Mickey Mouse shirt. And I'm standing there smiling with my two giant beaver buck teeth <laughs> that I hadn't grown into yet at the Liberty Bell. And I look like King Doofus. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. But I remember that trip. We went and saw where they signed the uh, declaration. Yeah. Independence uh, Hall. Yeah, the big blue room there. Yeah, I was fascinated with that as a kid because I liked history. Yeah. You know, and I just grown to love it. Yeah, that was growing up. Mom usually tried to, we would do beach trips, but the years we didn't do beach trips, even when we went to the beach, you want to do lighthouses and yeah. you know, as much historical stuff as she could. But the years we didn't do beach trips, we did a Philly trip or a DC trip or something. Like a field know, some trip. kind of, the family vacation also was going to have history involved yeah. in it. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, that was, that was an interesting trip. We went to a Philadelphia Phillies game. And that was where my dad figured out that uh, he had inner ear issues at the Phillies game and started throwing up from from his inner, you know, his just... the dizziness that he was experiencing. Wow! At the game? At the game? Wow, that's awesome. Had to be helped out. Oh you know, man! My, his buddy that we were staying with, my my older brother, we we're helping him try to walk out of the stadium. He had been the ER in Philadelphia in the middle of the night. Oh gosh, you know? scary. But and you don't want to throw up a ballpark hot dog because those are expensive. <laughs> you want to keep those down, you know. So, but yeah, that was it. It was it was a, it was a good trip overall. So, looking forward to going back. Hannah's never been, so. All right, Pennsylvania, the big P. You're going to be north of the Mason Dixon line. Yep. Yeah, it's a big deal for us Southerners. All right. Anything else? Does it have to be on any specific bun now? Because you said they had it made at a bakery local. Pat's have, has made it at a particular bakery. Um, I mean, I think of it as an Italian sub roll, like a, as far as the kind of bread. If you go to some local, some place here, if you go to uh, what's the place in Mooresville that has cheesesteaks? If you go to Duckworth in Mooresville, you know they they've kind of expanded. They do more now, but originally they were just a cheesesteak shop. I didn't know that. And uh, if you order a cheesesteak there, you know I'm sure it's just some kind of you know Italian roll. Okay. Italian sub roll, but. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, next next week, I about said next year, next week will be episode 45. It will. So we're coming up on a year. We are. That is crazy, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. We should do something very special. Absolutely. Yeah. You got a topic for us for next week? Not yet. Okay. I, I, I got to pick between a couple of things. I do want to say to our listeners, and listener, you're in your car right now, driving down the road, studiously paying attention to what you're doing. But let me just say to you, as you watch that double yellow line to your left, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Absolutely. Yes. All right, folks. Well, we will see you next week. Peace out.